Hello and welcome to the Cause and Effect podcast. I am your host, Patrick Cosgrove, and we got a special treat for you today, ladies and gentlemen. We have a guest, a real bona fide guest, and his name is Steve. Steve, welcome to the podcast. Hi, man. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. All Pretty right, cool. St- Steve, um, we need to know what your qualifications for being on this podcast. How do you know so much about hockey and why do, uh, why do we need to know what you know? Well, yeah, I live in Europe, so I see I see a lot of hockey that a European product, and I like to talk about it on Twitter and on on forums. And for some reason, people people really value my uh, my expertise. So I guess that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, I travel around a lot, and and uh, I met a, I met quite a few uh, Ranger prospects over the last last few years. Right. So you're a Rangers um, fan. How did how did you get into that? Obviously, um, yeah, it's 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 difficult to uh, it's 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 difficult to explain. But when I was about seven, I uh, started watching a lot of highlights on TV. When I grew up in the Netherlands, and um, really got into hockey, and I started watching more and more. And after a few months, I just every time I every day I came home from school, the first thing I did was put on uh, switch on the TV and watch hockey highlights, and. Um, yeah, I picked the Rangers because they were the only team without a logo on their jersey. Seven-year-old me thought that was really weird. So, yeah, well, it ma- it's, makes perfect seven-year-old logic sense. So I'm with you on that. Yeah, and you know, uh, people have, especially in Europe, people have different reasons for supporting a team. There's there's Dutch people who support the Flyers; they play in orange. Uh, there's a lot of Czechs who support the Penguins because of Jager. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's different for everyone. Right. The Netherlands, man. What a hockey truly is everywhere now. You got you, uh, Daniel yeah. Sprong. It's popping up. Daniel Sprong, man. He's the first Dutch guy in the league since I think nineteen three. Wow. Um but there are a lot of a lot of players in the league with Dutch names. Like, uh Stalve and Reemsdijk, mm-hmm. uh Verbeek, um De Vries. Uh so yeah, I mean there's always some some there there are uh, there is some Dutch heritage in. Uh, one of my it's, favorite players growing up was actually Joe Nieuwendijk because I had a friend whose last name was Nieuwendijk. Well, funny you should mention that because Joe Nieuwendijk is an alum or a fellow alum of Cornell University. So I'm a big fan of Joe Nieuwendijk as well. He's one of two players to have his jersey retired by Cornell, so he's he's a pretty big deal for us. Okay. Oh, who's the other player? Ken Dryden. Best goaltender oh, okay. in history. Don't at me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're all entitled to our opinions. Um, all right. So you said you've traveled to a lot of games. Um, I've been following your travels on Twitter and the forums because uh, you just post these dope pictures with all these prospects that I wish I could meet. Yeah. Uh, so let's let's talk about some of these guys. Um, I want to start with uh, Kratzoff, Vitaly Kratzoff. Uh, um, your boy, uh, your boy. Uh, yeah, um, back in September, I flew to Helsinki because he was playing against Jokerit in the KHL, and I had a sign with me. I sat behind the bench, and um, one of the team representatives walked up to me during the game and said that he, uh, he saw my sign and wanted to give me his stick, and, mm-hmm. and I got to meet him after the game. It was a great experience, but. Even even without that experience, man, Kravtsov is an amazing prospect and probably one of the most exciting prospects we've drafted in the last 10 years. Um, yeah, well, not a, whole, not a whole lot of excitement going on in the first round, I think, for the Rangers in the last 10 years. It's not a lot, it's not a lot of competition for Kravtsov. Still, he is, in the KHL, he, he, was, he was so dominant mm-hmm. at, at times. When he left for the World Juniors, he was leading his team in points. Yeah, in the KHL as an 18-year-old. Right. Um, that's that's something that doesn't really happen. And during the season, I started tracking his progression, and uh, I started looking at points, uh, like point contribution, like the number of right. goals scored by his team that he was involved in. And he ended the season on 26.8%, which was higher than Tolvanen, Kuznetsov, Panarin, Tarasenko, uh, Kaprizov. Right. Um, so even though his, his uh, uh, total number of points wasn't that high, 
Yeah. Uh, it does show you how, how important he was to the team. Uh, but his team was also historically bad this season. <laughs> yes. Uh, they, they scored 1.6 goals per game on average. And they still made the playoffs. Don't ask me how. It's unbelievable. Voodoo. I, I believe the I believe is the correct <laughs> terminology for what happened there. Yeah. But, but yeah, he, he's a great prospect. He was in the World Juniors playing out of position and was still one of the better players on his team. Mm-hmm. Very exciting times ahead. Having him on the team for this season, it's going to be good. Uh, so obviously watching his highlights, he's super smooth on the puck, especially – you know, driving to the net and yeah. the Rick Nash comparison gets thrown a lot, th- thrown around a lot. And I know comparisons aren't always the best, especially direct comparisons, but is it semi fair that he resembles a little bit of young Rick Nash or is that overhyping him or even maybe underhyping him? Well, I think, I think he has uh, the, the skill, the skill that Rick Nash had to find the open. Um, what he what he does better than Rick Nash is that he's more a team player. Rick Nash, especially young Rick Nash in Columbus, tried to do everything himself. Mm-hmm. And Kravtsov is is setting up teammates all game long. Okay. It's yeah. The, the, if if you if you go on Twitter and and look at the account of uh, of Alex Nunn, he every every game he had at least two or three videos on where Kravtsov sets up one of his teammates and his teammates either misses the puck or hits the goalie in the chest, but like perfect passes. Yeah. Uh, shout out, shout out to Alex Nunn, by the way, because he's an awesome Alex, Twitter follower. Alex Nunn, uh, I think. No his, offense, his Steve. Twitter he's the best. Work. He's the best Twitter follow for Ranger prospects. No offense, Steve. You're really good, but he's Twitter, he's the best one. I, I, think, I think his Twitter handle is AJ Ranger. He's, yeah. he's a follow for every Rangers fan. Absolutely. Um, yeah. But I mean, Kravtsov is is a more complete player than young Rick Nash. And Rick Nash got there later on, mm-hmm. but Kravtsov he is he's strong on the puck. He's a good skater. Um, he's also really good defensively, which is quite impressive for an eighteen and now nineteen year old mm-hmm. in the KHL. Um, I think he will need some time to adjust to the different style in the NHL, but a player with his talent shouldn't shouldn't take too long. Mm. That sounds uh, delightful for Ranger fans. I'm very excited about that. Uh, yeah. Let's let's stay in Russia. Um, one of the breakout guys this year, uh, Igor Rykov, um, mm-hmm. formerly of Ska St. Petersburg, got traded to uh, HC Sochi in yeah. the middle of the season. Went from purgatory to heaven, basically, not playing the first pairing, almost second. You know top four uh, minutes and really started to produce what's the um, what's the situation with that in in st petersburg he was he was always used as and after he was traded he he started a bit slow because he had to get used to you know the new team and uh after a few weeks he he really he he moved his way up in the lineup um Mm -hmm. And at the end of the season, he was playing uh, 22, 23 minutes a game on the top pair. Uh, started adding some goals. Had, I think, the most points by an under defenseman um, in, like, the last few years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know points are not everything, but when it, it – to me, it's a sign that they are comfortable and they're actually contributing on, on, on the level they're playing at. And I know it's difficult to to have these 21, 22 year olds in these top leagues and judge them because, especially when they're younger, when they're 18 or 19, the uh, Swedish league or the Finnish league, it's really difficult to compare them to players who still play in major juniors in Canada. Right. Because the different the quality of opposition is completely different, and it's really difficult to compare someone who puts up 20 points in Sweden to someone who puts up 70 or 80 points in the WHL, for instance. Right. And that's, Um, you know, and that's an even greater difference than, and it's even hard to compare college guys to major junior guys because of the age difference in that. So it comes in all college guys. Yeah. And when you look at college and also major juniors, you also have, is that only 10 to 15% of their opponents will ever play professional hockey. Right. Whereas 
when they play in Sweden or Finland or Russia, 100% of their <laughs> opponents will play professional hockey because they are already playing professional hockey. Um, it's quality of opposition is a really important factor when you try to compare players, and that's why it's so difficult. Right. But Rykov has had a great season in Sochi. Uh, was called up to the Russian B team. Uh, played a couple of games with them. Was very dominant. And uh, yeah, I mean, he, he just had a, had a great season. It, it's mm -hmm. all you could ask for, uh, considering where he was coming from. Right. So when he got traded to the Rangers from New Jersey, I think a lot of people's big question was the offensive upside. Has that... Yeah changed it all this year or is it just well we sort of knew this was there he's just finally getting a chance to show it a little bit that's it i mean the the tool he had the tools and have a chance to show it with his previous team because they were mm -hmm. stacked on defense right um but yeah i i don't i i still don't know if he's coming over this summer has been yet um he may stay in russia i don't but i don't know if he wants to stay in russia because he was only with Sochi on loan. So if he stays in Russia, he has to go back to his old team in St. Petersburg. Um, maybe they they want to use him in a different role now. That would be good for him. But, but yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, so even though we have uh, another Russian to talk about, uh, Rykov uh, had a very similar season to another prospect for the Rangers. Uh, Tarmo Runanen, um Again, sort of a breakout player this year on the, yeah. you know, getting to a new, moving to a new team, new situation. All of a sudden he's playing a lot and then he starts really down. He more than uh, Rykov dominated a little almost uh, with yeah. his play style at some points during Liga. So uh, what's going on with uh, what's going on with our defenseman being in bad situations and then immediately improving? Is that just Look. a. It's 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 actually a good sign. It it just means it wasn't them that it was it was just the team they were on. And Reyunanen had a similar, like you said, a similar situation. He was a seventh defenseman on his team in Turku TPS, um, and then he was uh, then he moved to uh, Luko, uh, also a, a top, still still a top five, top six team. They made mm -hmm. the playoffs this year. Um, and he just started producing again. He just like uh, Rakov, he had some. Uh, he needed some time to adjust, but once he adjusted to the new team, he mm -hmm. moved up in the lineup, and he he started playing so well that at the end of the season, he even got a call up for the national team. And that is something that I did not expect from him. Um, I I knew he had the tools in him, and when he was in his draft year, uh, he had a really nasty injury. That made him drop a, f a few rounds. Uh, because before the injury, he was always projected to be a first-round pick. Um, Ole Uolevi, who was drafted, I think, sixth overall by Vancouver that fifth, same year. Fifth, actually. Uh, and Reunanen played together uh, mm -hmm. on the junior national team. And they were basically, uh, they had basically the same impact when they were playing at that age. Wow. Uh, the, the injury just sent him back two, three years. And now that he's completely healthy, he is showing what he showed before his gruesome injury that, that ruined his draft. And I think the Rangers should be very happy to have him in the system. They have one more year to sign him because his rights expire in 2020. Mm -hmm. uh, so the Rangers basically have two windows. They can do it this summer or next summer. Um, I think with the number of defensemen we already have on contract, they will, they will look at signing him next year and not this year. Um, is there a chance that they sign him this year and then just loan him back? I think them signing Reunanen and him being loaned because it guarantees them that they have him under contract. But I, I do think that he needs one more year in Finland. Right. Yes, he had one year now where he played in a big role, and I think having that for one more year would, would be good for him instead of moving over now and go, going to the AA. Right. You know, Especially with defensemen, you have to be a little bit more patient. Oh, definitely. I mean, I think we're still waiting for Dylan McElrath. Nine, <laughs> year, nine, nine years on, I think we're still waiting. I think I think he signed an extension with Detroit. He did. He did. Good for him. Uh, um, so uh, one one like big thing with Rihanna and uh, just watching his highlights, it seems he 
drives the play with his shot and sort of plays off of it, whether it's a fake shot or however he wants to handle the puck, a lot of it comes yeah. through either the shot or faking the shot or something like that to get a guy off balance. Is his shot, is that something he's going to have to change about his game when he comes over? Or is that something he can still going to be able to do like Brent Burns does? Um, well, his his shot is not it's not the hardest um, in his league. Um, I think his accuracy is 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 more uh, important to the quality of his shot than the velocity. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in the NHL, the thing he needs to work on is to get the shot off faster because you know the pace is so much higher and right. instead of a second, you only have half a second to get your shot off. Uh, but I think the way he enters the zone and the way he uh, transitions play from defensive defensive zone, um, he's a really good two-way defenseman. Um, and and th- this season it showed. I think he had 25 points in so- in 50, 56 or 57 games, something like that. Uh, and that was the that was the most by an under defenseman. So again a defenseman that in his age group is producing better than any other defenseman. You like to see that. Exactly. And, and that's, that's always, always nice that's to see. Right. It's, and yeah, like I said before, it doesn't, it, it doesn't mean that he will be guaranteed a player because he puts up points. Sure. But at least it's, it's one thing you don't have to worry about if he does, you know, if he puts up the points, it's, 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 it's not a bad sign. Let's put it that way. <laughs> That's true. Uh, never a bad sign to put uh, pucks in the goal or help somebody yep. else do it. Um, one more defenseman I want to talk about before we get into the goaltending section, which will be brief, because I don't know how much you know about goalies, Steve, but I'm not a big goalie fanatic, so I can't really talk on these guys technically. But um, before we get to that, I do want to talk about Niels Lundqvist, our other European 2018 first-round pick. Um, yeah, You've talked about him a lot on Twitter um, yep. being obviously one of your, he was one of your guys early. And then you always, you continue to drive the bus of him being underrated because he wasn't putting up huge numbers. But again, he's a 18 year old defenseman in a men's pro league putting up. And, yeah. And again, any I, was, numbers. I was going, I was going with comparisons. You know, I, I like to compare players to others at the same age in the same league. And his production is is on is on par with Eric Carlson at the, at the same age. He had uh, ten points in forty five games, I think, mm-hmm. um, and I think that was the seventh highest uh, by an by an eighteen year old defenseman since two. Um, and that, or or maybe even maybe even longer ago. Um, but again, that that just shows you how how he has developed into what he is now. And the team he plays for, Lulio, was the, the second overall team in the regular season. Mm-hmm. And close to the end of the season, he was playing 17, 18, 19 minutes a game. He started off uh, the season with uh, a sheltered role because he was still very young. And every time he, he left for an under-20 tournament, he came back even stronger. And... It's just it's unbelievable how he has progressed as a late first round pick. Um, you never really know what you're going to get, especially the first year. But he has done everything he could have asked for. Again, I think it's a really good pick. It's a guy that needs a couple of years before he he go he goes to the NHL. Um, but one thing I really want to I quickly want to touch on is Lundqvist fits the type of player that the Rangers seem to go after in that he comes from a hockey uh, background. His uncle uh, also played professional hockey, and he actually played with his uncle uh, last season oh, wow. on the same team. And the Rangers have been targeting for some come from a hockey background. They've had it with Brendan Lemieux, Lias Anderson, uh, Nemesnikov, uh, Jimmy Vizi, Patrick Vierta, whose dad played for the Minnesota Wild, Jakob Rachnason, who's, who's, whose dad played for the San Jose Sharks. Kevin Hayes. Uh, Kevin Hayes, who who comes from a hockey family, he's related to uh, the Kachuk uh, guys, of course. Um, I mean, I can go on and on and on. There are so many players now 
who come from a hockey background. Uh, Ty Ronning, whose dad played for the Canucks when they lost to the Rangers in the Stanley Cup final in 94. Mm-hmm. And I think the Rangers, I don't think they really target these players just for that. I just think that when they have two or three players uh, uh, that they are targeting with a pick and they don't know which one to go with, that that will be the deciding factor, that they go with someone who grew up in a hockey environment. So they, they, they are not, you know, blown away by all the attention, by all the, by all the media and everything. Right. Um, uh, so on, on Lundquist, immediately as soon as he got drafted, the immediate comparison, because he is a not humongous, right-handed, good skating Swedish defenseman, was Anton Strahlman, obviously. He also got some Sammy Votten in comparisons. Do you think that's sort of his upside, or is there more to it? Um, with the comparison that I came up with on day one, and that I've Thomas Kaberle, the Czech defenseman who played for Toronto, right in the nineties, uh, with the way he moves the puck, the way he he skates into the zone, um, he scored an amazing goal in the in um, where he just he set up a play. I got the puck back and just skated around the goalie. And, and that's, that's the type of play that you don't see Anton Strawman make. Right. Or even Sam Um Yeah, I mean, it's, it's always difficult to make comparisons because it's, you fall into the trap of it being a lazy comparison really quick. Um, I mean, Kravtsov is always compared to Kuznetsov because they are similar players, but also they're both Russian. They both played for the same team. Mm-hmm. And that always takes me back to the 2017 draft where Pierre Maguire compared Elias Anderson to Jesper Fast. Oh my God, that was aside from the fact they both played for HV 71 when they were drafted Swedish, and that's it. That's that's where the comparison ends. Um, so when people ask me for comparisons, I always try to go with a comparison that that at least with someone from a different background, different nationality. Mm-hmm. Uh, to give it a little bit of a fresh look. I like the um, Cabriolet comparison because I haven't really thought about Thomas Tomas Cabriolet since he was terrible on the on the Bruins. Well, you shouldn't think of Cabriolet in the in the thousands. <laughs> <laughs> well, unfortunately, that's, that's, that's what I remember now. Yeah, but Ranger fans all also forty year old Roman Hammerlake, and he was great <laughs> in the nineties. <90s. laughs> It's unfair. Uh, Dan Boyle was an elite defenseman when he was with the Sharks and with the Not Lightning. Not for the Rangers, he wasn't. Not for the Rangers. It doesn't mean that he was a bad player. It's just, it, it, it clouds our judgment a bit because we always get these players two, three years too late. That's true. That's true. Uh, all right, but let's... that's a topic for another day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, let's, let's move on to a guy that hopefully is right on time, and that's Igor Shostorkin finally coming over. The... Finally, although you know you say finally, but he comes over exactly that, just like Henrik Lundqvist, who also right. Took and I'm not I'm years. not saying in his development curve. I'm just saying like people have been, given the way his development has gone in the KHL and the way he's played and the stats he's put up. People have been waiting, even if they knew he wasn't ready yet. But the yeah. anticipation has been building for probably three years on this guy. Yeah, I mean, the, the last two, three years, he has been absolutely amazing in Russia. He was, has to be said, but still. So did Ilya Sorokin, who was drafted by the Islanders. Um, but Shesh Jorkin uh, put up numbers far better than the other goalies on the same team. Yeah. Um, he played with Miko Koskinen, who is now on the Oilers, for years, and his numbers were better. Mm-hmm. Now, this last season, he played with Magnus Helberg, former Ranger, and his yep. numbers were better. That's on the same team, with the same defense, with the same offense, with the same number of goals they score. His numbers are just better. And his, his shutout uh, per game average is, I think, 21%. So he gets a shutout for every, one shutout per every five games, sort of. That's um, disgusting. And-, and obviously, yes, you can attribute to that some of that to the defense, but Jesus yeah, but Helberg is not getting one shot out of every five. No, he's not. Yeah, I mean that—that's how good he is, and he comes over. It's—it's just—it's perfect timing. Um, Lundqvist only has two years left on his contract. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So it gives it gives him and Georgiev two years to ease into the role, um, and then take over full time in twenty twenty one. All right, the last New York Rangers guy I wanted to talk to, and there's a couple other guys we'll sprinkle in here too, but um, the enigma that is Olaf Lindblom, uh, the second-round pick of the Rangers last year, their only second-round pick, after using their other one to trade up for Keandre Miller, worth, I think. Uh, Good trade, yes. (laughs) Totally worth. Uh, But Lindblom was a divisive pick among Ranger fans for a lot of reasons. Um, a little bit of an unknown, at least to fans at large, anyway. Um, at least by the consensus, although you know you never really know with how actual draft boards look. Was not the top ranked goalie available, but also just their history of second round picks since two thousand eight has been spotty at best. Although if you go back the previous, I think six years, they everybody made it. Or at least one um, guy last, in the second the round. The last real good player we drafted in the second probably Derek Stein. Yes. And, but prior to that, it was uh, – I forget who was in 07. But 06 was uh, Anisimov. 05 was Michael Sauer. 04, we got Dubinsky, Dubinsky. out of three. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's not bad. So, like, we um, had a consistent little run going, and then we messed it up and sort of <sighs> Brandon Halverson didn't work out. Ryan Gropp, third best forward in the draft, according to Gordy Clark, didn't work out. Uh, I mean, hey, he's only 22, but come on. He's scored 10 points in the AHL. Let's not kid ourselves. Um, so is Lindblom going to break the curse? Can he break the curse? Or is Look, I, think just... Lindblom is a good, I think Lindblom is a good goal. Um, he was a bit unlucky this season with the injuries. But once he recovered from those injuries, uh, he had a really good season in the yeah. Super Elite League in under-20. Uh, right. um, he was playing so well that he even was called up to the senior team in the SHL, and he was a, a goalie backup for two or three games. Um, I just I like him as a pick. I'm, I just don't agree with picking a goalie in the second round. Right. Um, and that's the exact same reason why I would not pick a defenseman top five because you can get good defensemen later on in the draft and the same goes. You can get good goalies in the sixth round. So why would you use a second round pick on a goalie? Um, most good defensemen are always drafted in at the end of the first round or at least halfway through the first round. Like Eric Carlson pick. Uh, you have guys like Keith Yandel, who are what, fourth round, I think. Um, and and with goalies, it's even more extreme. Uh, I mean, the one we just talked about, I think we got him in in round four. Lundqvist is a seventh round pick. I think Pekarine as well. Uh, most goalies in the NHL were picked late or were undrafted. Um, so I, I don't agree with the pick there. I do agree with them picking uh, Olaf Lindbom because he is a good goalie prospect. He had a great under-18 world championship. Um, and I think, I think that tournament really, uh, really saw him rise in the draft. And people always talk about consensus this, consensus that, but we don't know what the actual consensus is because those lists are, lists are never released. And people go off of lists created by Craig Button or Elliot Friedman or Bob McKenzie. And it's, it's not an exact science. And teams will never release their actual list. So we never know. We can only, we can only hope and pray that they do, although if they're smart, they never will. Um, but yeah, Lindbaum, he's going to the Penskan now, uh, which is the second level of professional hockey in Sweden. So he's going to make a step up. Um, same with uh, Raknason, who's making the step up from Allsvenskans to the SHL, which is the highest level. And Kalle Shalin, who also plays in Sweden, who won promotion with his team. So they got promoted to the SHL. So three of our, three of our four Swedish prospects are moving up uh, in terms of uh, the quality of opposition that they'll face next season, which is a good thing for the Rangers. Hey, and maybe Lundqvist will move up a pairing and face some tougher opposition. And then all of them are facing maybe, tougher maybe. guys. Exactly. And, and that's, what, that's what you want from your prospects. You want right. them to develop. 
Um, yeah, and from what I've seen the last season, the European pro, aside from Lakatos in the Czech Republic, who was absolute shit, uh, <laughs> every other prospect uh, has developed into a better player. So it it was it was a good season. All right, well let's let's find some guys that haven't been developed yet. Let's talk about some of these guys. Um, <clears throat> you are certainly way more well-versed in the European prospects. So we'll stick in there for the draft and we've got, let's see, one, two, three, four, ten 10 guys that we're going to talk about five forwards and five defensemen. Um, these guys are mostly in the first and second round. Uh, yes. so you'll probably hear about these guys a lot coming up in the next few weeks. If you haven't already, although I'm sure some of you have, uh, we're going to skip Kako Kako today, Steve. I'm sorry, but everybody okay, knows yeah. about him. <laughs> I've talked about Kako so much. Can I say one thing about Kako that Absol- I found out about? Absolutely. All right. Uh, uh, someone actually told me today that when uh, his team TPS in Finland did the uh, did some tests with the whole team, like to, to test for endurance and oxygen intake and everything, Kako was uh, ahead of the entire team. Uh, they have this, I think it's VO2 max test. Yep. Um, he was better than the, as an 18 year old. Um, that was, that was pretty amazing for, for the, to, to hear that. So I think Kako is going to be a special player and I, I really hope that, that we get him at two, but, uh, six more weeks. Hey, the way both we- guys are playing. It doesn't matter, man. We're well, good. It's 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 we cannot lose. Yep. All right. That's so, what I, that, that's what it comes down to. So let's talk about a prospect then who if it doesn't work out, you really lose. But if it works out, you might you might win this draft over the Rangers and the Devils because mm-hmm. Vasily Podkolzin is well, I think he's probably the most controversial player in the draft at this point, given the uh, split is, on him. He really, he really is an enigma. I mean, when you see him play for the national team, at the oh my god, team, it's unbelievable! It's it's exactly it's unbelievable. But I've seen him play for his teams in Russia, in the MHL, which is the junior league, mm-hmm. the VHL, which is the minor league, and every time I watch him play there, he's just. He, he's it's like he's not motivated it's like he doesn't even care he's just floating around and and he gets pushed off the puck easily and and even his numbers his numbers are not that impressive but the moment he puts on that red or white jersey for the national team he he just turns into a different player and and that's why i'm a little bit cautious when it comes to pot calls in i could see him go third overall i could see him go 15th overall um and I think I think there are some question marks when it comes to Polson. You could you could make the argument that once he's in the NHL, he's going to be motivated because it's the highest level of hockey in the world. But do you want to take that risk? When you have a top five pick, like Chicago, Colorado, and then I think LA is fifth overall. Yes, sir. If you, if you have a top five pick, do you want to risk a pick on Pot Colson? Or do you go with guys who have a better track record? Uh, um, Bowen Byron, or there's one there's one guy that I always forget about. Uh, Cousins, Dylan Cousins, or maybe uh, Zegras, or 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 uh, Alex Turcotte. Do you go with one of those guys? And I think a lot will depend on how the combine goes, where mm-hmm. players get interviewed by teams. I think that will be the deciding factor to determine where Pot Colson will be drafted. Right, because I mean. I mean even if they release all the all the physical stuff, uh, mm. like I heard you, I heard you guys on on your podcast under review. You guys should go check that podcast out. Uh, it's a fun Rangers podcast uh, that Steve hosts. But you guys were talking about all the data that they don't have out. But even with all that, the stuff you're not going to get is the psych stuff, the interview mm-hmm. stuff. That that's yeah. like the determining factor. And I think you're right. It feels like. That's going to be the key for Pod Colson is how he does in the interview process. Yep, is going to hugely determine where he goes. Because man, he and, looks and I, so I, good out there again. In the I know, I know, but you know, it's it's a, you know when you play seven games at the World Junior, 
six games at the under 18s and then mm-hmm. four games at the at the four nations in the Czech Republic that I was at I mean, it's or three games even with a completely different team from the world juniors it's nice to see him perform that way but it is a small sample size each time and the question is is that enough to convince scouts and gms to go for him with a high pick um i don't know it's he is he is the player that is almost impossible to project um the other players in the top 10 you can surely it's almost certain that they go in the top 10 right whereas you know you don't know with him all right uh the other three forwards are guys specifically handpicked by you because you love them so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's start with the the highest ranked guy and another Russian who has been tearing up the MHL. Oh, he's my favorite man, Pavel have, Dorofeev. Oh my god! So I have I was not familiar with his game. I'll be honest, but watching him the last couple of days, he's so smooth on the puck. Yeah. Was my takeaway. He is. He is. He's a, he's a great skater. And, and the, the one that when people ask me, I've come up with is Vitaly Kravtsov. It's, it's just I see the same player, uh, the player that carries the puck into the zone, that just dominates shifts. He's very strong on his feet. He, he knows how to leverage his body to protect the puck. And he has done it even in the KHL. The numbers aren't there. The production isn't there. But the fact that he is is regularly getting game time in the, in the KHL at such a young age is a really good sign. And but um, Dorofeev was ranked anywhere between 50 and 90 um, in January, and now I see him go up, and even in the first round, and I see him. I think he's a very realistic target for the Rangers at 20 with the Winnipeg pick uh, if he gets there, if he's still available. Um, when I was in the Czech Republic last year, November, for the under-24 nations, I actually met Gordy Clark, which was really awesome. Um, and we, we spoke about some players. And the three players we basically spoke about, Pot calls in, and the third one was Dorofeev. And there were some other great players on that team. But we spoke about Dorofeev for like 10 or 15 minutes. Um, and he's, he's, he's just a complete package. He has a uh, style of hockey that he plays. Um, he's he's not he, he's not going to score fifty goals, but he's a he's a very good uh, all round player. Um, so yeah, if the Rangers are interested in adding, I'd be all for it. I'd be really happy if that happens. Yeah, um, uh, he, he is he's an early birthday, so he didn't play at the under uh, because he turned eighteen before January first. Uh, but I think he will play in the World Juniors. At- so that's that's a tournament that people should really look out for. Yeah, and it's it's understandable why he didn't put up a lot of points. I mean, he's not going to get a lot of time in the KHL on a good a good team that you know made. He was well, one and- of the better teams. Yeah, yeah. Made so, one of the better teams. So, what's the what's the knock on Dorfeev right now? Because from what you're telling me, if He's maybe a Vitaly Kratsov white, even shouldn't that be a top 10 pick? Is it? No, 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 no. I mean, he, he does everything well. But um, nothing amazing? He doesn't do anything. Oh, well, I don't want to say not, he doesn't do anything perfect. He does everything well, like, like a 7 out of 10, you know, an 8 out of 10. Um, I think his hockey IQ is, is his best asset, and it just it depends on how he develops, but. Once you get once you get uh, um, to like the sixth overall pick, once you know after the top five, you you are going to find players that have question marks. Um, no perfect player is drafted outside. Of- um, it just depends on how how real question marks and improve those aspects of their game. Um, I think I think Dorofeyev is an interesting prospect, and just just the way he plays, I think it will translate very well to the. Unlike a guy like Podkolzin, because he has some he has more Podkolzin has more question marks, but also more uh, more skill. Yeah. So Dorofeyev is a little bit of a safer pick, if that makes sense. I don't know, man. He didn't look safe to me on the MHL ice. He looked 
uh, dangerous, very dangerous. Uh, of course, but but what I mean is, if Dorothea oh no, I... doesn't really develop, he can still be a a good third line player in the NHL. Right. No. Good high, high floor. Yeah. If Podkolzin doesn't develop, then he's basically the next uh, Nikita Filatov and goes back to Russia. <laughs> is his bust potential is is much higher than Dorothea's. But both are great prospects. It, I'd be happy with both at 20. I just don't think Podkolzin will be there at 20. I think he'll definitely be And Dorofeyev, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he'll be there. All right, let's talk about some guys that are maybe late first, early second, hopefully mid-second. Uh, the first one I want to talk about is Patrick Pistola. Um, this guy just shoots all the time. It's... Yep. He's a he yeah. is a scorer, and the Rangers haven't had one of those guys in a while. They're oh, I mean, everybody needs a guy that's going to shoot the puck with from literally anywhere. Um, yeah, you look at his highlight reel. There's no two goals that are exactly the same. He's always doing different things. He's got a ton of different stuff going on in terms of angles, in terms of where he is finishing. I really like this guy. Um, what what's preventing him from like being higher? Because it seems like to me this is an easy first round pick, but it's right now he's you know late first maybe. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, the thing the thing with Pristola is that he is all on. Um, and I think I think a lot of GMs when they go players they want a little bit more of a two way player, a player that's at least responsible defensively. Mm-hmm. And that's probably the biggest knock on Pristola. He's just not that good defensively. Um, if I have to make a comparison for him, I, the easiest way is probably Brendan Perry. Um, yeah. Great shooter, great goal scorer. Um, just, just, just not a 200-foot player. Well, you, you know who but, that actually reminds me of? Another first-rounder uh, from last year's draft, uh, Denis Senko. Well, Oh, okay. Uh, Denisenko, yeah. Yeah, I think Grigory Denisenko is, is similar in that regard, that he is, he's all about offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I think Alexander Semen, who played for the Capitals and the Hurricanes, is, is another one in that mold. That they, they focus on offense mostly, and as long as they can put up points, they are very uh, valuable to their team. The moment their production goes down ever so slightly, that's when it becomes an issue. That's that's what happens to Brendan Perry every time. I mean, he scored twenty goals in a season for for Florida and only had two assists. That that was, <laughs> I think that that's the weirdest ratio I've ever seen in the Sh- NHL. Shooter shoot, man. Shooter shoot. Yeah, uh, uh, but Cristola has he has an elite shot. Uh, he knows how to find open ice. Um, yeah, it, he'll probably be a second round pick. Um, maybe, maybe a late first round pick. See, and they they want to take take a gamble. Um, but yeah, he's he's one of those players that that is really going to, in my opinion, going to turn some heads in a few years if he makes it to the NHL. Wow, Brandon Peary comparison in the second round, probably not what you hope for in the second round, but I think you should probably be more willing to take it given the history of picks. I mean, uh, Pristola is 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 a boom or bust uh, prospect. Yeah. Uh, well, I hope he booms because I really like watching him play. Yeah. Um, another guy that you have been super high on all year, um, for a, probably a similar reason because they have, you know, sim- sort of similar games. They're both scoring first forwards. Uh, Samuel Fagamo uh, for Frawanda, who has been amazing in his. Uh, technically D plus one year. He was undrafted last yep. year, first year eligible. Uh, yep. So he's 19 already, but there's a chance he goes in the first round. Yeah, and I've had people ask me, why do you think he's worth a first round pick? Because he was undrafted last year. And, and yes, even though he was undrafted, he put up 25 points in the Swedish Hockey League this season which is more than Dominic Bock, who was a first-round pick last year. Um, so it's basically he basically produced what you would expect from a first-round pick in 2018. Mm-hmm. So why would you go for an 18-year-old who you hope will hit 25 points 
where you can go for a 19 year old who already has. You are basically skipping a year in, in development. Instead of going with the hope that they get something, you have because they've already done it. Right. Um, and so then, a late first round pick is not out of the question for him. Uh, watching him, he's, he seems like he's just uh, another shoot first type of guy. Yeah. Uh, it, obviously, that's his strength. What is his, how's his passing? Is he going to be a guy that's sort of again in that Brandon Peary mold where all he does is shoot or is he actually going to pass? No, no, no. Him? He's, he, he's, he's, he's a better passer than, than, than Priestola probably. Um, his, his scoring overall, it's more balanced. Um, uh, but yeah, he, he is, he is basically produced at, at, at two different levels. Uh, in the Champions Hockey League, he was almost a point per game player this year. Um, so he's been he's been important for for Lunda, who they they won two prizes. They won the Swedish Championship and the Champions Hockey League, and he was a big part of that team. Yeah, ended up playing on the first line by the end of the year. Yep, so that's so I mean I, very impressive for a nineteen year old. It is, it is, and and you know, and that that's 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 the the thing with nineteen year olds. They're only nineteen. Um, every year you only see two or three or maybe four players who make the jump from the draft into the NHL immediately. Mm-hmm. And it's usually guys in the top five. Uh, last year it was Dalin, uh, Svechnikov, uh, Kachuk, and Kotkaniemi. And basically the top four of the draft were the players that played in the NHL. If if these guys come over when they're twenty one or twenty two, that's 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 still great. That's still great value to have as a late first round pick. All right, uh, the last forward we're going to talk about is a guy that's a little bit on the other end of the spectrum in terms of skill set, and that's uh, Albin Greve. Um, yeah, definitely. The thing that jumped out to me just watching him reminded me a lot of Brendan Lemieux. Yeah, he's very physical uh, with the way he plays. Mm-hmm. Um, he's 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 not a very uh, um, he's 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 not your typical goal, and and he won't win an Arbos Trophy. But if you want some someone who is all energy and also pots a couple of goals, then he's probably the guy you the guy you want. And, and I think Brendan Lemieux is a good comparison. Uh, I think for Ranger fans, Ryan Cap would be a good comparison as well. With, he plays with a little bit of an edge, um, causes causes a lot of turnovers uh, with the way he plays. Um, I actually did write down Callahan as a comp, but I think Callahan might have a little bit more offense, just based on yeah. Cal- Callahan probably has a little bit more offense to his game. Uh, if he makes the NHL, but I think Brendan Lemieux is the is is the best comparison. Well, great, I nailed it. Nice. There you go. All bad. right, we're on to the defensemen. Uh, look, the defensemen are interesting. Um, hopefully, we take a forward, but the defensemen. Um, there is a little bit of a theme in this group, um, other than one guy, and we'll start with the outlier. That's Philip Broberg. Big physical. Uh, yep. basically if you built a hockey player in a lab or built a defenseman in a lab, it would be Philip Broberg, uh, at least physically. If, 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 yeah. Um, he's, he's huge. He's only 17. He's, he's only turning 18, I think in June or July. So he's a late birthday, which is actually a good sign in my opinion. Um, because at that age, uh, like in the 2017, Philip Hedel was almost a year younger than Nolan Patrick, and they went in the same draft. Yeah. Um, so I, I think I, when when you look at different players, if they perform and they are a late birthday, I think that's. A- um, he played in the Allsvenskan, which is the second level of professional Sweden, and yeah, he was he was dominating shifts he, with his the way he plays with his his physical uh, like presence. Um, pushes pushes opponents off the puck, and these are professional hockey players. This is not junior hockey. Um, yeah, he was very impressive. Played in the in the World Junior, uh, 
uh, also played in the under 18s, um, almost a point per game in the under 18s. Uh, I'm not sure if he was the captain of the team, um, but he was a very, very important part of the team that won goal uh, last month. Uh, the, uh, the captain was, and because I was watching him today, it was Victor uh, Schuderstrom. The other one, Victor Soderstrom. Okay. Who, will, who um, we will be talking about in a bit. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but not um, yet. Yeah, but I mean, he was he was just he was all over the ice in that tournament. And the under eighteen for scouts a very important tournament um, to to judge prospects. Um, so I think I think he will he will be a top ten pick. I don't think the Rangers, but um, I I consider him the second best defenseman in the draft after. Byron. Uh the big knock on him apparently is his his hockey IQ. Is that overstated? Is it just is that something that's going to come with age or is there a real concern there long term? Um I mean it's it's something it's something you can work on. It's it's not the worst thing in the world. Uh you want your prospects to at least have that at a young age. Um but I mean with the with the tools he has, uh someone someone worded it in a way he has all the tools, but no toolbox to put it in. Um, yeah, I mean, Broberg, is a team going to uh, take a little bit of I think um, a lot will depend on what Anaheim does. Anaheim has been known to always have a knack for scouting good defensemen. Um, if Broberg is the type of player they, they're looking um, I think I think that's his best opportunity to be a top ten pick, but it it could be Victor Soderstrom, who's another Swedish defenseman, probably the third best defenseman in the draft. Yeah, um, he's not, not as physical as Broberg, not as not as, um, but yeah, I mean, for a defenseman, and you see this more and more in the league now. Um, Smaller defensemen seem to be doing well mm-hmm. in the NHL. Um, the, the gone are the days where every defense, you know, six foot or or two hundred pounds, and just it, it doesn't work that way anymore. It's it's nice if you have it, but it it doesn't necessarily mean you will never make it if you if you don't have if you don't have that big body to throw around. Right, and um, uh, that's sort of a theme on the list of defenseman we're talking about uh for Vili uh Vili Heinola who's a Finnish defenseman one, probably one of the best Finnish prospects in the draft this year uh after yep. Kako obviously um and then also you mentioned uh Victor Schuderstrom and then Tobias Bjornfoot uh similar sort of style of player all under six foot all steady two-way defensemen who are good skaters and yeah. have the potential to, you know, grow into, you know, offensive upside, you know, depending on how things work out. So um, are there going to be any defensemen that aren't 5'11", 180 pounds in the NHL in the next few years that are from Sweden? Because uh, it seems like there's about 20 coming out every year. Look, I don't know. I don't know what they do in Sweden, but they, they manage to develop these defensemen every and told them if you could make a a Nordic team like n- Northern Europeans, uh, just go with Finnish forwards and Swedish defensemen. That's it. That's all you need. If it, it doesn't even matter who's in net, if you go with Swedish defensemen and Finnish forwards, you can you can win the Olympics with 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 ease. Um, you see some good defensemen coming out of Finland the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, Miro Heiskanen, Esa Lindell, uh, Sami Niku, but mostly Finland has still been uh, producing forwards, and sw- with Sweden, it's mostly defensemen. Their best players are always defensemen: Klingberg, Hetman, um, Humpus Lindholm. It's just it, it, it never ends. It never seems to end. I don't know where the factory is, but we need to find it, man. <laughs> every, every country could use a slice out of out of what comes out of that uh, comes out of that factory. I think Canada's good. I think I think they're good. I don't think they need any more help than they already have. 
Um, no, I, I think Canada is good. Is good, yeah. But I think I think Russia really use some good defense. <laughs> because if there's one thing Russia does not develop, it's defensive defenseman. Well, hopefully that changes uh, with Reichoff. But you mentioned Finland starting to produce some more defensemen, and Vili Heinola is a guy you had uh, potentially in the uh, middle of the first round for a team like the Rangers at 20 or, you know, somebody else in that area. Um, Is his, is his skating size combo, is that a deterrent in terms of him going higher in the draft? Cause he seems like, it seems to me at least in terms of passing and skating and that maybe not size, but at least on, on par with Broberg and some of the, some of the attributes. Yeah, I mean his his skating is great. He played for Luko in the Finnish league. Um, so I, I know the Rangers have seen a lot of him. I does that does that uh, does that persuade them? Does that push them towards picking him at twenty? I don't. Know. Um, but yeah, with with a Rangers prospect already on the same team, I'm pretty sure they they know exactly what Heinola does. And doesn't do well. Um, I think physically he's he's not the best. Um, he gets pushed off the puck uh, sometimes, but his 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 the puck handling itself and and his his vision. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's up there with the best defenseman in the league uh, in this draft. Oh, sorry, the best defenseman in the draft. I agree because uh, I don't think there was anybody else. That was e- even close passing wise to him from what from just from what I was able to find online. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the two uh, Swedish defensemen that are sort of grouped together. I think they actually played some together. Uh, Sweden does not always do lefty righty pairs, which is fun. It's always interesting to see that. Uh, but Victor, you just, you just pair the ones that play well, regardless <laughs> of their handedness. Uh, Victor. Uh, Schoderstrom was somebody who sort of shot up the boards a little bit this past year. Um, mm. Basically because he got a shot with a national team because they had no lefties. A little bit. It's a little bit what happened. But he's also such a great skater. I think he's probably yeah. the what I have saw the best skater of the bunch of the defensemen. Although it's close with Berber. So. Um, uh, yeah, I think he's he's one of the best uh, skaters in this in this draft class. Um, so he's clearly moved up. Is what was the the big reason for his like the biggest reason for his rise this year? Um, well, I think I think a lot of scouts uh, when they when they at the end of the season when they start to look at uh, players in Europe, they. Um, they focus more on the players who already play professional. Um, and I think that's what, what gave Niels Lundqvist the edge last year to be picked late in the first round. Um, Söderström plays for Brunas in Sweden. Um, by the way, the only team in Sweden without sponsorships on their jerseys. Interesting fact. Um, and yeah, of course, again, the under-18s. Uh, the under-18s are very important. Scouts and also the, the rankings that the journalists put together. Yeah, uh, it seemed like he was a pretty steady competitor. Not a lot of points, but you know, if you're doing everything else, if you're doing everything yeah. else well, it doesn't matter if you're not putting up points. Yeah, and 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 it's you know, it's nothing to be ashamed about that he missed out because when you have Niels Lundqvist and and Eric Brunstrom who was traded to the Ottawa Senators, if you have those on the team. And you miss out on the tournament as a seventeen-year-old. That's fine. That's there's nothing to be ashamed of there. Um, Last Swedish defenseman, uh, Tobias Bjornfa, um, very similar style as all Swedish mm-hmm. defensemen are. Two-way great skater. Yeah. Blah blah blah. Uh, to me, he was looked a little bit stronger on the puck and in the corners compared to the you know Heinola and uh, and Schoderstrom. Um but. Just reading scouting reports, because just trying to get as much information as I can, some of the reports said he looked a little bit too passive and a little too comfortable and not forcing the issue on the attack. 
I don't know yeah, he, he, how much you've seen he, of him he, or what, but he doesn't really take uh, risks. He plays it safe most of the time, um, which yeah, I don't know. It depends on the level you play at. He played most super elite uh, with Olaf Lindbom, by the way, on the same team. Um, yeah. I I probably think he, he could have played a little bit more of a risky style of hockey at that level. But, uh, I mean, his passing is great. Uh, his vision is good. Um, defensively, uh, his gap control, I think, um, I think his gap control is, is better than, than, than the other pros- some other prospects uh, in the same range in the, in the draft. Um, but yeah, again, it all depends on how he develops. Uh, he'll probably play in the, in the SHL, in the Swedish Hockey League uh, for Dual Garden. Uh, but yeah, late in the first round, that's the type of player you want to go with. You want to go with a player who already has that pro experience. Uh, you want to go with a player who has captained, um, who has captained the, the national team at at at, uh, at different age groups. Uh, you want you want to maybe get some leadership out of it. Um, yeah, to me, he seems like the perfect pick for Anaheim. I don't know what picks they have late in the first or early in the second round, but. I could I could see Anaheim go with him um, if he's still available w- with their second or third pick in the draft. All right, last guy we're going to talk about today, uh, and it's the biggest wild card of the draft probably. Uh, Moritz Seider of Germany, uh, mm. big solid right-handed defenseman. Where have we heard that before? Dylan McElrath. Um, so to me, it seems like. There's only two ways this can go, and I know there's the possibility for in between, but I feel like he literally is Colton Pareko or Dylan Mackerel, Dylan McElrath, and those are the only two options. Am I wrong? Uh, no, I mean he he plays in the World Champion. Um, he puts up some offense. Um, I think my biggest question mark around him is that I don't want to say shit, but it's probably like the tenth best league in Europe, or sorry, the tenth best league in the world. Uh, it's 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 several levels below the Finnish and Swedish. League. Um, so how much? Yeah, uh, how valuable is the information you got from him? But uh, him playing in the World Championship for Germany, who are still unbeaten, by the way, at the moment. Um, I think that's that's a big. Um, I think I think that is actually a big indicator of what he can do. Uh, he'll probably go um, between 15 and 25 in the draft. Um, yeah, there's some I've there's some noise starting to be made that you know teams might be interested higher than that. Uh, well, so, and and some teams playing that maybe playing yeah. in a world championship does that to players of his age. It doesn't happen often that a player outside projected top three plays in the world championship before he's being drafted. Yeah. Uh, right. And I know it's easier on a team like Germany, but still playing at that level and actually playing good games and, and, and not, I mean, he's not overpowered every shift. Um, I think, I think teams could go a little bit higher to pick him because teams don't just trade down anymore. You know, years ago you could see uh, teams trade down a couple of picks to still get the player they want, but it seems like these days they just they just think, you know what, we'll we'll, we'll pick him a little bit higher than where we have him, and not risk losing him by trading down. So if a team that has like the 15th overall pick, like Montreal, or 14th, I think is Minnesota, and 13th is Florida, if those teams like what they see, I could see them reach a little bit for uh, Moritz Seider and just go with him. I would be I'm very interested to see where he goes just because I feel like he's just the guy that everybody wants to fall in love with because yeah. of his If he goes in the first round, he will, if he goes in the first round, he will be the first player since Marcel Gaunt who was drafted out of the German league in the first round. And that was I think 2003. So it's it's been a while. Wow, tough year to draft Marcel Gotch in the first round if that was 2003. Yikes. 
Let me let me quickly check. Um, I hope not. I hope not for the team that drafted him's sake, but... Oh, sorry, 2001. So it's not that bad. Okay, I feel a little bit better for, for them. <laughs> yeah. That could have so. been tough. Um, all right, well, Steve, that's it. Thanks for thanks so much for coming on. It's yeah, been a, anytime. It's, it's been a pleasure. It was fun. Uh, you can check out Steve on Twitter at StatboySteven. Uh, yeah, StatBoy underscore Steven. StatBoy underscore Steven. Uh, and you can f- check his podcast out. It's called Under Review, SoundCloud.com dash, or SoundCloud.com under dash review, right? Yep. Um, if you just, just go to my Twitter profile. and Yeah, just go to his Twitter. Oh, Everything okay. is through Steve's Twitter. So just check him out at yeah. StatBoy underscore Steven, and you'll get You'll get to see where all of New York Rangers stats and information gets their prospect stuff. That's where they get all of it. (laughs) All right, then. All right. Thank you so much for coming on, Steve. Anytime. Thank you. All right. Once again, thanks to Steve for coming on the podcast. Uh, Again, you can follow him on Twitter at stabboy underscore Steven. He's got tons of great stuff on there. Uh, You will not regret hitting that follow button. So please go do that. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at pcosgrove21. You can follow the show on Twitter at the cause and effect, and you can follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash cause and effect. You can email the show at the cause and effect at gmail.com. Please send us your email, send us your questions, whatever. Uh, we might read them on the air uh, if they're nice. And you can listen to us via iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, uh, pretty much almost anywhere you get your podcasts. And, uh, of course, we are part of Sports War Radio Network. Please subscribe, rate, and comment if you enjoy the show. And if you didn't do it anyway, come on, guys. We're all about that five-star content. So please uh, hook us up with a five-star review. Until next time, peace out.